Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of DC that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another mid-season edition of the Big Red Bus. And the bus came out of the garage behind Zach and Kobe's barrage. It was never going faster, but in the Clippers, it found its master. Then with the right pace, we drove the bus. The Pacers were not a real threat to us. Then the Pistons from Detroit came to town, but their cylinders had not enough power to pull us down. In the city of brotherly love in the Liberty Bell, the frontrunner MVP candidate unleashed on us his hell. But Peewell was not taking that S-word. He killed the Kings from 52 feet. The bus is speeding, the bus is rolling. From the front, our driver Fred is calling. We shot the sorry rocket's ass with some perseverance to Mars. <laughs> Thank you, C-Red Boa. And I look over to my right, and there's my co-pilot. The Podfather, I, Doug Tone. <laughs> I did a horrible done, job reading. <laughs> I, I think you needed a couple takes there. You had to you had to warm that one up a few times before going on the show. You know, to, I think the was, mistakes made like it some, better. You know, that was that was some poetry there. You know, like we, I don't know if we did it fully justice, but uh, you know, I, I I didn't think anyone could more gloriously describe the bust than you. But but now you've been topped. Yes, I so. think we got to have him on to do, as you said, uh, your suggestion. <laughs> your suggestion to. Uh, Read like an intro every other week. Maybe we can do that. I think it's a great idea. Regardless, this bus is a rocking man with the power of the Red Leviathan. Everything I predicted is coming to pass. Doug, do you know we're only seven games out of first? Only seven, huh? That's like you know, it's not a small number of games. Like, <laughs> no, it's just, not. Just, but... so you're, just so you're aware, <laughs> yeah. seven games is not like we're almost there. Like that's that's like a pretty huge difference. Like we'd need to lose, win seven in a row, and have the first place team lose seven in a row to make up seven games. Yes, like, but the that's point is, we're not a small number. We're progressing as I foresaw, and it's really amazing, like how all this is, I, how this is coming to pass. A half a game out of seventh. We're at the midway season point, so we're going to do some midseason grades tonight. Uh, but let's first talk a little bit about this game tonight against the Pelicans. Where I, isn't it kind of funny how Zach and Kobe have played their best together against this Pelicans team, who has a prominent player that most, I'd say, half the fan base want to see in Chicago and uh, Lonzo Ball. I guess I, I don't know. Sure, I, I mean it's like two games. Like yeah, okay. Like I don't know. There's like a, a whole lot of. I mean, and the Pelicans aren't a good team. So yeah, we we played well. Uh, th- those two guys in particular played well against a, a bad team in a small sample size. I, I, I guess uh, if you want to attach statistical significance to that in some way or turn that into uh, the idea that the the Bulls should not chase Lonzo Ball, I, you know. I mean, I kind of probably generally agree with that anyway, uh, but but I, I don't think these two games are, are anything that convinces me of that one way or the other. I know he wants $25 million, apparently, from what I've heard on uh, on some various podcasts, including The Ringer. I think he'll probably get about $20 million just based on the, the dearth of talent in this market and the, the, the amount of cap space. I just, don't, I just don't think it'd be worthwhile. If you're trading Lowry, maybe. I still think Lowry's a superior player. Uh, so you're kind of trading one player in a s- same contract situation for another, and I guess he's a better fit. I just don't. I, I don't see the the superfluous love for him. I just don't understand it. He didn't even close the night. I, I mean, I don't think there's that much love for him. Oh my and, gosh! And people, you ever talk to our buddy from look Australia? At, yeah, people look at Lonzo though, and and they look at him because they feel there's a good chance he's available, and he probably won't cost that much. I mean, I think that's why, and and there's a good chance he might bring something the Bulls could use. Yeah. I think all those things are true. Like, you know, like if, if you could get Lonzo relatively cheap, you know, my, my fear is like you give up a first for Lonzo and then, yeah, you end up having to pay him 22, 23 million next year or watch him walk. 
and you don't really want to pay him that kind of money, and now you just lost your first rounder for nothing. It's the same kind of risk if someone was going to take a chance on Lowry that they would have, right? Like, they'd be like, yeah, we kind of like Lowry. We wouldn't mind giving up a first for him, but now, you know, you got, you got to be, be prepared to pay the market value if you're going to trade for a free agent and you're going to give up future value, you know, unless you're trying to win now, which the Bulls clearly aren't trying to win now. So any trade they make is, is really aimed at, you know, building something here for the future. And so if you give up assets for Lonzo, you're, you're planning to keep him here. And then, you know, you have to say, do I like Lonzo at 20, 22 million, 23 million? You know, you have no idea where that market's going to be, right? Like you said, it's a, it's a lot of money in free agency and not a lot of talent. So we predict probably this is not going to be a good year to have money or spend money in free agency. No doubt. Yeah, I, I think this is a terrible year for it, and I think Larry or Lonzo will be getting paid significantly. Uh, Kobe White, I do want to mention, though, uh, as an aside, the player that a lot of people want to see replaced in the starting lineup, I think has played extremely well in the last few games. Uh, I thought he had a great game t- this evening. 7-17, uh, 7-16 against Denver, 7-16 versus Phoenix, 9-17 against Minnesota, 10-16 against Houston. He's been on a nice little run here. Are you feeling better about him, or are you still is he still a player that you're not you know overly impressed with? Um, both, I guess. You know, I mean, they've they've definitely have started playing him off the ball a little bit more, getting him into more catch and shoot situations. You know, I don't know that his point guard play is uh, overall it, it impressed me a whole lot. It's maybe a little better. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of where about where I was. I. I the fact that he's shooting better and scoring better has been nice, right? Yeah, no doubt. You know, like yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's a big lift when they get that scoring out of Kobe because he's one of the guys who can create his own shot. And so, seeing improvements in those areas, it, you know, recently is nice. But it, it needs to be over a more extended time frame before I'm going to be too jacked about it. I mean, his, his percentages still aren't um, anything overly exciting at, you know, at the moment. So, uh, I, I still am not like in love with him as a point guard uh, is still very high turnover player, uh, very bad assist to turnover ratio. Um, you know, it, you know, it, it, like I said, it's, it, it's okay to keep letting him mature in this role for the rest of the year. And even, you know, start starting towards beginning of next year. A lot of point guards take time. It's, it's the most difficult position to learn in the NBA. So I'm not like giving up on Kobe, but you know, I'm, I'm not sold on him yet either. You know, no, I, I, I think what we're doing is fine, yeah. and, and I think we're, what Kobe is doing, you know, he's, he has his good and bad nights. It's it's fine, you know, and and we just have to hope to just see continued progression over time. This is the exact point of last season that he really started to tear it up before, obviously, COVID ended the season. I love the progression I've seen from him so far recently. He's definitely played better. There's no question about it. And you're right. Yeah, they're using him in a different form and fashion where he's not as much going to be that lead, you know, traditional point guard role. Whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes. As I said, it's, it doesn't seem to be hurting Zach Levine's play, so uh, that's that's fine with me. Patrick Williams tonight, 6-7, 13 points in 26 minutes, but he was the only starter uh, in in the plus-minus with a negative 17. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you're going to love that stat. But he's, the last two games I've noticed he's had, I think he was a negative 23 in the previous game, he's had a, a, a rough stretch of, you know, when he's been on the floor, the Bulls have been outscored. And I think that explains why... You know, down the stretch, Donovan's chosen to go with, you know, Thad Young or even Temple at, at the three. I think that's just probably his decision that, hey, I'm going for the win down the stretch. It seems like he's kind of shied away from Patrick Williams' closing games. Well, against Houston, he was a plus 28, so. <laughs> okay. Well, wasn't everybody a plus something? I mean, they, they I destroyed know, him. What do you think, uh, do you think I mean, of Patrick against, lately? Against Minnesota, he was a plus two. All right, that's good. Good to hear. What about the last? I, why he got in front of you? How, how does he look? I I haven't seen his. I, last. You know, you know, like I I, I think watching uh, Williams recently, I've I've felt a little bit more confident. I think, you know, over this last uh, four or five games, except for the game against Phoenix, where he scored four points, didn't have a, a strong outing. I mean, he was six of eight, five of eight, five of eleven, uh, five of ten uh, in double figures in four of the last five games. You know, I, I I think overall he's he's trending towards being a little bit more aggressive. Yes, and no doubt you're seeing a little bit more. He he's building some confidence, like all that stuff about oh, it just looks like he belongs earlier. 
Like, I think it was just like he just was too scared to like, be, like, do a lot of stuff. So he he kind of just like playing very conservatively. And uh, you know, it looks to me, I mean, the most positive thing I'll say is that it looks like he's trying to stretch himself a little bit more. I feel he's actually now finding more of a comfort zone uh, than he had had earlier. Uh, I I still think he makes a lot of mistakes defensively. I don't know why everyone thinks he's so amazing defensively. I agree, hundred percent. Uh, but yep. but but I, I mean, I, like I think the physical tools are there. I I, I like what I've seen progression wise with him. You know, since the last show, you know, over the last two weeks, uh, I, I think he's really kind of had a, a pretty strong two weeks. Agree, hundred percent. Is showing showing uh, showing good signs of, of progression. Yeah, and you know that's that's what you look for. I I still don't see superstar upside in him, but I, I do think he'll be a good two way player and a, a very valuable player on the team. The last two weeks, you've seen him become more much more aggressive in taking the ball to the basket. Almost every game, he's had an emphatic dunk. Um, I I think it was two games ago he took the ball basically full court and dunked. I mean, that's what I want to see out of him, be a lot more aggressive in tacking the rim, looking for a shot, and being, you know, he's been quite deferential, I thought, for the vast majority of the season until recently. Yeah, so I like what I'm seeing. I mean, I still believe in him, and people are all upset since, you know, Denny Average made the uh, all, the um, shooting stars. Oh, the rookie, rookie game or yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever that is. I mean, give me a break. I mean, everybody knows what that was about. It was a marketing decision. Denny's shot 35%, 28% from three years some horrific numbers in the last 15 games. It's, it has nothing to do with he's better than Patrick Williams. It has to do with what's the best, you know, how can we get as many people across the globe watching this game? And Denny's very popular in New York League, so that's why he made it ahead of Patrick. Nobody believes that Denny's better than Patrick, so should all calm down a little bit on that. Wendell Carter Jr. has been taking a lot of heat. Um, you know, I've noticed Wendell's one of my favorite players on the team, along with Denzel Valentine. Both those players seem to be a uh, a lightning rod for mob activity, uh, for a lot of people blaming them for for you know the team's demise in some games. I thought he was absolutely fantastic tonight. He had didn't shoot the ball well, but I think he had what fifteen rebounds, total rebounds, twelve in the first half. I thought he played yeah, very well. Really big at the end too, right? Yeah, exactly. Like had a had a couple of really big plays um, towards the end of the game as the Bulls tried to to lose the game uh, at the end, but managed to to <laughs> to hang on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I in general think Wendell Carter is pretty solid. Like, you know, I don't, I don't uh, know why anyone would be. Ups- he also is maybe not. I, I think probably both of us had a little bit higher expectations for Wendell than than he's delivered so far in his career, going into his third season. Uh, you know, injuries have been a huge part of that. But I, I think he's had a pretty solid year when he's played. You know, I, I, he had a really bad preseason, and I think that still hangs over some people. But, yeah, I, I, I don't really have any complaints about how Wendell's played this year when he's, when he's been on the floor. So yeah. I, I, he needs to continue to grow, and I mean, dude just needs to stay healthy and, and get enough chance to, to prove himself out there. But he's one of the few players on the team I generally trust uh, defensively, and yeah, you know, is is decent offensively as well. Like he's he's not amazing, but he he chips in a good amount of points. You know, he's playing with good efficiency. It's not like he's you know just just hitting open dunks or something. I mean, he gets you a good amount of hooks and you know some mid range shots. So I've been I've been pretty happy with Wendell overall. To be honest, four assists again tonight. Again for a big man, he's he's got that ability to pass the ball. I, yeah, I, he's, I've always he's, he's like a well-round he's a well-rounded player, right? Yes, he's, yes. He's not a great he's not great at any one thing, but he's pretty good at kind of everything. Yeah, and you yeah. know, like I think that's for a center. I think that that gives you a lot of a lot of uh, flexibility. You know, when your center is a decent passer, it's a good defender. You know, can score a little. He's got a little bit of a hook. Like you throw a small guy in Wendell, and I feel comfortable. Like unlike Lowry, as an example, like. If there's like a six five guy in Wendell, I feel pretty confident Wendell's just gonna get take him in the post and throw up a little hook and score on him. Yeah, and abuse you know, like him. I, yeah, yeah, like I, I think he can punish smaller defenders, and you know I think that there's some like utility in that. You don't you don't use it all the time, but that does like force the defensive the defense's hand. You know, like you think it stops teams from just like going small when you got a center you can throw out there, and he just that just eats up small players. And and I, and I feel the Bulls can do that with Wendell and, and stretches. So, I'm I'm good with where he is. You know, like I'd I'd love to see him be a better player than he is. But you know, given given the last two years where he's not been able to stay healthy, you know, I think 
you know, he's, he's had a career high in points. He's had a career high in efficiency. You know, it, I think it's been uh, pretty solid. Yeah, and for the record, I mean, he got criticized uh, by large parts of the fan base for, uh, you know, trying to defend Embiid who uh, is an MVP candidate, and he, he failed miserably that night, and then he also failed against Jokic. Those two guys are MVP candidates. It's insanity. Tonight he played a guy who got a lot of money, Steven Adams. Here's Steven Adams' line tonight. 21 minutes, 0 for 1 from the field, uh, 3 rebounds. So, 5 rebounds, excuse me. At the start 24. of that Philly game, like, <laughs> Carter had, like, like was like the first 8 points or 12 points or something, like he... Start off like five of five or six of six or something like against the Embiid, the yeah. The game too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not like, yeah, okay, he didn't go score fifty on Embiid, and it's not like they can beat scored fifty on Carter either. Like, right? Like Carter wasn't wasn't out there the whole game, you know. Well, especially so, on Jokic. I mean, like people are like complaining about his defense on Jokic, and I'm like, did you watch? Corn- he was scoring at like a uh, insane, at like a, he was on like a hundred and twenty point pace when Luke Cornett was on him. I mean. You know, Jokic is awesome. That's and so's Embiid. Those guys are yeah. pretty much unstoppable. So complaining and, and and bitching and moaning about his defense on those two players is so incredibly dumb. I don't even know. You know, like I made the joke a little bit today because a lot of the same people are who criticize Carter are ball boys. And you know, look at how how's Lonzo Ball done against Zach Levine in the two games this year? He gave it like sixty three points in six and a half quarters. Is, does that mean he's a poor defender? No. You know, Zach Levine's great. It's going to happen, right? Offensive players are going to score. So, oh, now I got that one off my chest. Let's talk a little bit about the greatness. Feel better? Yeah, the greatness of Thad Young. Thad Young again tonight, 8 of 10. I mean, Doug, has this guy, it's insanity how good this guy has been this year. 27 minutes, 18 points, 8 of 10 tonight, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, with a steal, and 3 blocks. Thad Young is the second best player in his team, I'd say, right now. Uh, again, there's no doubt that's true, right? Yeah, there's no there's no argument otherwise. Thad Young is the second best player on this team. It's, I mean, it's not even close. I don't think. Like, I don't, I don't even know who else I'd throw out there. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, like, even when Lowry was healthy and was you know kind of scoring you know pretty well, like the fact that Thad like helps you on both ends of the floor and yeah, it, it it's it's weird. Like if you looked at stat lines, you'd be like, "Wow, Lowry is like this offensive dynamo." But when you watch the games, like that really isn't the impression you get, right? Right. It it takes a lot of open shots, uh, gets the ball a lot of space on like you know to to drive. Like a lot of people do a lot of work to to set him up for shots, and he's good at, at closing them out and then scoring efficiently. But there's a lot of effort that goes into that. Like that, like that actually creates a lot of shots for other people. You know, like Thad does a lot of that hard work to, to generate good luck, looks for his teammates. Um, and, you know, like doesn't always show up in the assist numbers, so he it's pretty good at great assist numbers, actually, for, for a power forward. But, yeah. uh, you know. Are you kidding he's, me? He's, yeah, he's been fan- yeah, phenomenal. He's, he's, he's fantastic. I mean, he's, he's solid on both ends. And, you know, unlike a lot of the guys in this play, on this team, rather, he, he makes very heady plays. You know, even... Even Zach Levine, whom I love, right? You know, I, I love Zach Levine. I talked about giving him the max, the thirty percent max, <laughs> using our cap room dude at the summer. Like I'm, I'm on all in on Zach, right? But like Zach makes a lot of bonehead plays compared to Thad Young at the end of games. Like it, it turns the ball over, does, you know, whatever. Like he doesn't always make the smart play. Like like that is always like he's a veteran's veteran. Like he's always making the right decision. He's always making the right plays. Very talented. Uh, is very versatile. Just just helps you in all phases. So you know, clearly the second best guy on this team. Yeah, I mean to put this in perspective, as far as assists, Thad Young had three assists tonight at the power forward position. In Larry's last eight games that he played, he had a total of four assists over eight games. So I mean, come on, it's like uh, you know, I understand. Yeah, Larry can score, and he, he's got that advantage too. But he's not he's not better than Thad Young, and definitely not this season. So. I agree. Thad Young gets an A for midseason grades. Why don't we get into midseason grades a little bit? We kind of touched on some other players. Give me a quick grade for Kobe White. Uh, you know, I, I think I give Kobe White. And uh, first, let's let's set some ground rules. Do you, do you have a certain set of ground rules? Are we grading guys based on like league average? Or are we grading guys based on expectations? I'd say expectations. For their role? Expectations. Like, yeah, I think he's a C. That's what I'd yeah. give. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. You know, I. 
I, I think he's 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 probably a little bit better than he was last year. Like, but he's less than he was at the end of last year. Right? Yes. Like, he's yes. not like on that like on fire streak. But if you if you aggregated all of his last year together, he's playing a little bit above that level this year. Okay. And, yeah. And uh, you know so. But I think we expected Kobe to make a bigger leap than just a teeny bit better than the aggregate of last year, which wasn't really very good at all. Um, you know, and, and it's the same thing as last year. Where you see flashes where he's good. You see a lot of times where he struggles. Uh, you, you could see why he might be a solid player. Uh, the thing that concerns me most is it's like his talent right now seems mainly to be catch and shoot threes. And like that's just not a it's, a, it's a very useful talent to have in the NBA, but it's not like a, high-level player talent, like if that's your main thing, you're a role player. You know, that you're like a seventh or eighth man if, if you're just a guy who does catch-and-shoot threes, right? I have a little bit more faith in his ability to attack the rim. I think he's awful quick, and, and, and he's got a very good ability to, I think, uh, uh, he's just, he comes out of a gun. He's got incredible speed and quickness when, it, when he attacks the rim. And I think he's been a lot more consistent at the rim in the last couple weeks. I thought it was pretty poor start. Yeah, the year, he's got. He was he's very poor at the beginning of the year. You're right. Yeah, in, the, in, yeah. in the last recent period of time, I don't know how long I want to say, it, but I've, I've definitely noticed his his shooting at the rim has has been much better uh, in in recent weeks. Yeah, I don't really know why that is. I have no idea, but it's definitely true. You know, could be because you know we have he's playing in lineups where the big is being pulled out further. I, I honestly don't know, but regardless, I think it's clear his grades to C. What you said is absolutely correct. He wasn't. He didn't play better than how he was at the last uh, end of last season. But overall, he's been still maddeningly inconsistent. But overall, better than last year, I think. Let's go to um, Dad Young. I mean, is there any argument here? He gets an A plus for me. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, awesome. <laughs> I was just almost like on the Thad Young is just done. Like, like this guy just needs to pack it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> Before the season started, yeah. like I was just like, I don't know if we're gonna get anything out of this guy. Like we got so little last year. Like I just thought, like maybe he just, you know, he's like a little bit older player. Maybe he just hit the hit that part of his career where you know it just like it just gets goes down. And uh, no, it turns out that it it was uh, just a Jim Boylan thing, apparently. Yeah, it's an A plus, man. This is the best. I think this is the best he's ever played in his career. I don't. I don't think there is an argument on it. It's, as far as passing, that's absolutely true. I mean, it, yeah, I can't say I'm a, a master of Thad Young's career. Like I've not like watched <laughs> him so so closely over all of his years. Yeah, that I read the book, could, man. It's incredible. Could tell you tell you with conclusivity that uh, this is the best he's ever been. But it, he's certainly uh, extremely good and uh, and much much better than I expected. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on your grade of A plus for that. Zach Levine. It has to be an A plus there too, right? Um, I want to give him an A. I would it would be an A plus, but I think he's been in the last minute of games. Uh, he's the turnovers, it, the turnovers, and the performance in the last minute of games overall brings it down just a tad. Still an A. I mean, come on, it's still great. But would you concur? Uh, his turnovers have been know. insane. Come on, Doug. I mean, that's been I, I agree. His turnovers have been insane, but like he's he's transitioned into a legit all star. I did not think that was a a likely outcome. I like. I thought it's a very unlikely outcome. So, I, I still have to go a plus because, like I said, to me, to me that Zach has become a real all star is just it's more than it's more than I feel like I could have hoped for. Like I, I think like you could now maybe say you could build a team around Zach Levine. Yeah. Like to to have that as an outcome, I just don't see how I could say anything other than a plus with that. Yeah, despite whatever other warts. Uh, exist I, that that just statement alone to me uh, just puts you in a plus territory. Yeah, plus or not, a is for all star. Congrats, Zach yeah. Levine, great job overall. Twelve and nineteen tonight, eight eight from the free throw line. That's another thing I love about him. He hits his free throws with incredible consistency. Garrett Temple, I, that's got to be an A. I, I mean, I, maybe even that's an A plus. I just don't know if I can give out so many A pluses though. Yeah, but. Garrett Temple, I, I again another guy. Like I'm like, eh, maybe he'll do something. Like I was not thinking. Like yeah, Der- Garrett Temple's gonna gonna do a whole lot for us. Like were you when the season started? I didn't no. even know if he'd be in the rotation. Well, you know, he like was, I, yeah, but I mean, 
He has shot pretty poorly, uh, like tonight, two for ten, zero for three from three. Overall, in the last, yeah. he gets on these bad streaks that are just horrendous. I, I can't give him an A for that. I'll give him a B plus. I mean, relative where I expected him, it's probably an A. But some of these shooting streaks, I, I thought he was really bad tonight, and he's had a couple games like that more recently. Yeah, I, I agree. He was very hot early in the year. And, yes, you know, it's yeah. pretty obvious he wasn't going to keep up with that just based on what he's done historically. Um, so you know, I, I guess I'm with you. Like I. It's just like, like I said, this is a guy I didn't know if he'd even be in the rotation. Yeah, good call. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's yeah. like, Real it's hard for me to go, like, I agree with all the warts and everything, but, like, to, to not a, a guy who I didn't even think would maybe be in the rotation to being a, a pretty strong player, you know, like, like where would you put Temple if you rated the Bulls players right now? Uh, so, Zach, Thad, um, third, I'd probably go with Kobe overall, um, and probably fourth right there with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. One of those two would probably be the fourth. Uh, I'm not counting Lowry just because he's only played 14 games. You know. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really have a good feel for Lowry, especially we've not seen him in so long. Yeah. yeah. And his, his numbers have been good, but the team was actually very unsuccessful while he was playing. Um, I've, I've kind of made the argument. I feel like he's – like I don't feel he helps – push moves the needle – as much as his numbers um, would indicate they should, yeah. but that's a uh, yeah different uh, different question, you, I suppose. You know what's weird, Doug? Is I think like I'm going to name like uh, four guys here: Denzel Valentine, Sato, um, Wendell Carter Jr., Garrett Temple are all very similar grades for me, kind of based on what I expected. And yeah. I'd say that's all either B plus to B minus. All those guys have been. Slightly better than I expected. Denzel a little bit more. Uh, well, I, I think relative everyone else should feel like Denzel's played considerably better than what they expected. Um, but, you know, I think yeah, all that, those good Denzel's similar to Temple, too. Like, he, he kind of came in early and was, like, a little hot when he first started playing. Yep. Uh, but I, I feel like he's also then, like, start has had, like, struggles more recently. Um, had, like, a lot of – like, he, he was really on fire shooting for a while, and his, his shooting kind of, like, tailed off. When the album came out, he was terrible shooting for about four games, but he's been 5 of 10 from the field in two of the last three games, 14 <laughs> tonight. So he's back, man. He's back. I, he's I, back. I still, I still love the, him. Uh, <laughs> the 10-year-old half-court chucker is back. <laughs> How dare you. So uh, where were we? So Temple, yeah, so you're saying your argument is he's been our, what, third or fourth best player? What where, where do you yeah, have him on our list? I, I guess I'll put it this way. Like I, To me, uh, real simply, without trying to go through the whole roster, and, and not to, to quibble over minuses or pluses, you know, Temple, Levine, and Thad are probably A's relative to my expectations. Those are the guys who've who've done better than I thought they would. Very um, well by, said. By varying amounts. I'll give you, you know, a B plus, but uh, understood, and I can absolutely. Which is which is fine, you know. Like, and I, I'm, I'm not, like, I don't think it's hard. Like, he's not an A level player, which is why I just said it's relative to expectations. It's a guy I thought was maybe the twelfth or thirteenth best guy in the team, and he's like maybe like the fourth. So he's way above my expectations. Not, not that I think he's he's amazing. You know, Sato is about what I thought he'd be. Uh, you know, I think that's probably maybe maybe between a C and a B. Maybe he's a little better. You know, Wendell is is probably the same between a C and a B, probably a little better. Kobe, probably a C. Pat Williams, you know, I, I never try to have a whole lot of expectations for rookies, but I, I probably give him a, a, a B, even though you know I'm super negative about like a lot of things <laughs> when I talk yeah. about him. I, he's he's been a little better than I thought he'd be. Absolutely, um, yeah, he's a B. And, yeah, he's yeah, not. And, he's not uh, at the. Uh... You know the shock and awe level that I think a lot of the fan base is with him. I think most of the fans would be, like, "Oh, he's an A plus, you know, or an A." I don't think he's been that good. In fact, yeah, I think he's been pretty get. bad at times defensively, but he's definitely been better than I expected, right? So it's not bad. And yeah. he's nineteen. I mean, everybody should be excited. Everybody's positive on him. I, I don't think anyone should be negative. Uh, but uh, yeah, B's a good grade for him. Yeah, all, all this is. See, I, I, the reason I wanted to go through this endeavor, Doug, is because I think. Most of the guys in this team, I C's average, right? Most of these guys are playing at an A B or A, a or B level. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like I guess it's part of it. Like the team know. is. A, I mean, we, we just team named is a bit of seven guys. I named three guys. I named three guys I thought were above. I named a, 
bunch of guys I thought were between a B and a C, maybe a little bit above, but not a lot above. All right. Patrick Williams, Temple, Wendell Carter Jr., Zach Levine, Daddy is well, I have Wendell between a C and a B. Oh, he's he's, he's definitely for me a B minus. So he's uh he's above average than what I expected. I think he's been pretty good for the vast majority. He's of years. been he's been decent. I mean, I expected him to be decent. Like he's not he's like you know like starting center, but not star center caliber decent. Yeah, it's about kind of what I expected out of him. How about Ryan A? I mean. I th- I think the uh, – I, I mean, C is exactly who I thought he'd be, right? You know, yeah, overrated. I, I, yeah. I, I think like the you – know, but the team, I mean, as you point out, and I think maybe we were driving, the team is better than we expected, right? The team gets you a know, B. I mean, even, even I think even with whatever – I don't know. What what are they on pace for now at 16 and 18? I don't know what the math on that is. But they're, 34 they're wins, probably on, on pace for a few more wins than, than we expected they would be. Uh, in in a seventy two game season, well, I predicted seven seed and thirty four wins, so I'm right on right on target. This is exactly what I yeah. and honestly, Doug, this is what I expected last well, then, year. Then we everyone should be a C for you. This should be exactly what you thought would happen. Right? Yeah. So I so expected this last stadium. year. I expected this last year. That's my whole. Yeah, point. I kind of. I mean, I expected this last year too, and when I didn't get it, my expectations. <laughs> went Collab- down like, collapse you know like okay yeah. this didn't this didn't happen last year like why would it happen this year you know and, yeah. and so we'll see we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean i'm i'm uh, it's like i said it's it's fun watching the team again you know the thing that is interesting about them is you know over recent games they're not beating anyone above them you know that's like really about, like a tier above them right like they're almost over against the teams that are a tier above them i'm trying to think like one off the top of my head, like the yeah. Pacers game that they won, maybe you'd say that was a team above them, though they are missing T.J. Warren that game, uh, which, I mean, whatever, the Bulls were missing lots of guys too, so that, that isn't that big a deal to me. Uh, but I'm sure I think, like, what other game, is there another game they won where you thought, like, like what's the statement win on this season <laughs> for you? Yeah. Well, I think there's been a lot of statement losses. The game against the Clippers, the game against oh, the Lakers. Great, but a statement losses is an interesting <laughs> term. I mean, I'm going to just point out a couple ones: the Warriors lost, the Clippers lost, the Lakers lost, and the Trailblazers lost. Those are four losses that two of those absolutely should have been wins. And you know, you just saw the team getting better, right? Those are games they they easily could have won, um, and those are against good, rock solid teams. You know, some of the better teams in the division. Even the Philadelphia game, I point to, where Embiid had 50-plus points. Anytime he was off the court, the Bulls just absolutely waxed the Sixers. And they were in a game where they almost every guy played terrible, and they shot the ball very poorly from three. And they were in the game till the end, right? I, I think the team is far more competitive. And even, like, the last game against the Suns, they were up 16. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a definitely a better feel and the team they were, getting they were up big against the team right until they lost by, like, 10. <laughs> How you know, dare you? You're trying to ruin my point. You agree with it, don't you? Like, this team is considerably better than last year. Uh, with, well, so, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. What I was going to say, and I, I think is interesting, though, to me, is that it's like they have no good wins. I, I just had to go look while you were talking, and... The Pacers is. That's their best win on the season. And it's like the only quality win on the season. And that's not really even that high of a quality win. Like, uh, I mean, it's like the the Pacers actually now are 15 and 18. So that's not even. Actually, now Charlotte is, uh, no, the Knicks is are 500. So the, the Bulls Knicks have win was good. And the, Charlotte team. <laughs> the Bulls have not beaten a team over 500 yet. This year, oh no, they beat Dallas twice. I mean, granted, they're missing half the roster one game and Doncic the other game, but Dallas is seventeen and sixteen, so they've got two wins against Dallas. But like, well, isn't you know, the whole league five hundred? Like, oh, Doug. In fairness to to the argument I'm trying to make here, I mean, like the vast majority. Yeah, of the I mean, there's, there's not a lot games. of there's not yeah. there's you're right. There's not a lot of good teams, but they're not like great against the five hundred ish teams either. Like they're they're really beating up. Like they got uh, like it seems like they have like seven wins against the Wizards. You know, like, I mean, it's just, but what's nice is they're at least taking care of these games, right? You know, they beat Minnesota, they beat Houston, they beat Sacramento, you know, they beat the Wizards. Pelicans, Yeah. you know, they're, they're beating like the dregs of the West and they're like beating them every time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're winning like almost all those games, you know, except for when they lost to the Thunder. They're basically winning all those games. And, you know, they're beating up pretty good the, the dregs of the East. And so, you know what, like maybe that makes them average, but like as a step to becoming a good team is to consistently beat the bad teams. Yeah. Right? Like they're yeah. not a bad – like if they were one of the bad teams, they would lose half those games. So, I, I mean, I think that's a step in the right direction. But, you know, like, I mean, don't you feel like you – like just the laws of chance, like you should have just had a hot shooting night against one of these good teams <laughs> yeah. that you played. Like, like I'm not saying they should win like half those games, but like like one in four, right? Like you feel like you should be able to – if you play like the top teams in the league – you know, or maybe even not the top, like the top couple, but like the, the teams in like say the four through eighth best teams. Like you feel like you should be able to win one and four against those teams, and they're like an O four against them. Well, so well, let's that's, hold on that's one the second, only no. thing that's a little bit of a negative to me. And yeah. I, and I still think they made progress. Like I agree with you, but I, I just uh, that's the only thing I want to I want to see them get one of these games. I agree. Very very good point. I'll say this though. All right, top four teams in the West. They haven't played the Jazz yet. That's the best team in the NBA. The Suns are two. We just played them. Played them very competitively. You know, it's a game I thought we were we were up 16 at one point, right? I mean, it's a game that where I didn't feel like they were, you know, totally blown off the court talent-wise, right? Uh, it's a well, game. Well, they're 0-5 Owen, they're against the Sun, Lakers, and Clippers, right? Right, but again. I'll, they're 0-1 they're against Philadelphia. 0-1 against Milwaukee. Yeah, they haven't you played know, the like, Nets yet. So yeah. I mean they're they're zero and seven against those those good teams, but played competitively against the Lakers against the Clippers they were blown out. I just I just yeah. like I just don't I'm not here to hand out like moral victory trophies. <laughs> well I am. It's it's a, uh, well I get that you are, but it's I mean like yes okay they're not embarrassed. Like like it's not like the Lakers go out and win all the, like not all of their twenty four wins are by thirty points either. No they're losing. It's not a like lot they're just losing. going out and embarrassing every team they play. Yeah, like that's not it's not what's happening. So yeah, I, I, I great. I, I just like I don't care that the Bulls don't embarrass themselves anymore. I'm happy that's true. I agree that's true. There's very few games that go out and just embarrass themselves now, and that's it's a sign of progress as well. But another sign would be starting to get like some wins against the the Nuggets of the world and this you know like these teams that are you know they're decent but they're not like amazing. Like you should be able to get some wins against these teams. Step by and, step, brother. Step by step, and it's the steps are coming, and sooner rather than later, this team is going to be starting to, I think, uh, perform very well against the best teams in this league. There's no team I'm afraid of in the East, outside of the Nets, potentially. I mean, the 76ers right now, if the season ended today, you know, we'd be the eighth seed. Obviously, you got to do the play-in game. We're ahead of the Pacers, ahead of the Hornets. We'd be playing the 76ers, let's say. Are you really that's I mean I'm not saying we'd beat them and there's it's very unlikely we will but I could see that going six games. I don't think they're miles better than the Chicago Bulls. I mean, if we want to argue whether the Bulls could take it to six. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess they could. Like sure. I mean, I probably predict they lose in five. Right. If I was going to sure. call it series, but if you said, "Oh, it wouldn't be shocking if they got to six games." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking. Like, it just happens that teams, you know, blow two games sometimes. I mean, like, but you, you, you know they wouldn't win. Like, so when you say when you look at a team, you're like, there's no way we could beat them. And there's no way we'd beat the 76ers in the seven-game series. Then you, I, think, I don't know why you'd say I'm not scared of them. Like, I, I mean, I'm not hiding under my bed, but, I like, I know I'm going to lose. It seems like the same thing as fear. Like, I mean, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to bring you down. I, I feel like it's such a negative Nancy in this version, this show. Look, yeah. I, they, they've done great. You know, the, the team has done good. It it's, it's, they, they've yeah. taken steps. They've won a lot of games lately. It's like nothing to be upset about. You know, you look at, like, just kind of glancing at the win-loss record, you know, over the month of, of Feb. And, you know, it's like they got a lot more wins and losses. They're missing Porter and Lowry and, you know, like two starting caliber-ish players. Uh, and, and who knows if either of those guys will <laughs> come back. But, I mean, you know, 
doing as well as they have while also having you know a lot of depth issues there, I think that's pretty impressive. I, I think it's I think it's pretty good. You know, I mean, even in a lot of your predictions, which I know you being the prophet are, are always completely 100 percent correct on, you know, except for the win totals the last two years. Do I but say any sarcasm? It, completely correct. Um, <laughs> with the win total this year, like you're right on the money, as you noted. You know, but I think even you kind of anticipated that we'd be getting something out of Lowry and Otto. Oh, absolutely. And, and so to be right on the money, like, like I mean, to be doing so well, even without two, you know, pretty important players, you know, even if they're just in the mix of that, like, say, four through eight, like, even if they're just in that mix, like, having two extra guys that are in that mix is, is super valuable. And to, to be missing those guys and, and still do so well, I, I think that's pretty impressive. Oh, there's uh, the no doubt about played, it. Yeah. played really well. Like, Otto Porter Jr., if, if they're healthy, Otto Porter Jr. and Larry Markin are one of the top five players on the team. I don't think it's debatable. Yeah. And yeah. Know, so they're missing two rotation players, important players. They haven't been on the team all year. And, and not only that, they take up a significant part of their um, salary cap, especially Otto. So, yeah, they're missing players. And, you know, like people are like, well, everybody's missing. Well, one of the teams ahead of them, the Knicks, um, they've had one player miss time all year due to COVID rules. That's Frank, uh, uh, Frank, uh, wh- whatever his last name is, and he doesn't even play. They've they've been absolutely unaffected by COVID. So I mean, like some teams have gotten lucky and some teams haven't. The Bulls have been one of those team teams that have been hit hard by COVID issues and injuries. So you know, I think they've done a lot better than I expected based on the number of injuries they've had. If this was the last year's team. Um, it's true. They've been lucky that Zach has played almost every game. If he's played every game, right? I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that, you know, our best players played every game, but yeah, that's what LeBron does. And yeah. that's what the best players do. They yeah, usually play I, every game. I think the key here is, uh, you know, like I never had much hope for Otto staying healthy anyway. And probably even you like already in your head were just, you know, you, you, you probably penciled in at least 30, 30 absences for him before the season started. I, I honestly did <laughs> I honestly did. It was a contract year. I thought he'd be playing more. And uh, oh, yeah, I don't think Otto cares about the next contract. <laughs> Maybe. I, dude, I don't know. Dude's Who got so much money. Like I think, like he's just. I think he's happy with the party life. It didn't look like he stays in shape really. And you know, I, clearly, whatever is going on with his body is just not quite right. And. You know, some guys just aren't built for the pounding of the league either. And maybe he's just one of those guys, and not in a mean way. Uh, maybe he does try to take care of his body, but, you know, like, it, it, you sometimes forget how freakishly built these pro athletes are. Yeah. Right? To, to, to be, like, 6'8", like, how strong your, like, back and other, like, supporting areas need to be to, to support a frame like that while running and jumping and you know, getting three feet in the air and landing. I mean, like, it's 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 pretty nuts, actually. And, you know, Otto just may not have the body to maintain that type of elite athletic load for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, some some guys don't. And, and you know, maybe he is really trying his, his absolute best and, and just can't do it. But, you know, whether that or whether he just kind of got the money and is like, eh, I'm not going to try so hard anymore. Like, whatever one of those things is, I mean, like, you, you can tell it's just, it just doesn't feel like it's going to ever work out for him, right? Like, yeah. It just doesn't yeah. seem like something that's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that he's, he's out and wouldn't be surprised if he never plays another game in the NBA. Well, guys usually don't get healthier in their 30s. So uh, it's not a great trend for him. Uh, I do want to move on before we wrap things up here with a couple of my polls and get your opinion on them. One of them I had I thought was a very interesting one uh, last uh, week on March 1st. Bill, or actually this week then, Bill Simmons suggested the Bulls might be interested in trading for Kristaps uh, Porzingis. And a trade, I, I tweeted, I suspect a trade of Otto and Laurie for Porzingis would be the likely suggestion. Porzingis is signed for three more years after his season. Thirty-one point six, thirty-three point eight, and thirty-six million per year. Would you make that deal? Uh, I'll first ask you, Doug. Would you make that deal, and then I'll share with you the numbers. It's a it's a tricky one because it really depends on what you think of Porzingis, and I can't say I've watched the Mavs so much to know a hundred percent that like my opinion on that topic is super valid. But in the Mavs games I have watched, he just doesn't look like remotely the same player as he was prior to tearing his ACL. 
Uh, it looks very stationary in comparison. Looks mainly like a catch and shoot guy out on the three point line. And no, I, I wouldn't make that trade. Like I'm not super high on Lowry, but I'm not convinced that Porzingis will be better or healthier than Lowry over the next four years. And I'm not that high on Lowry being healthy. So I, I think there's a lot of risk there. There's not a lot of uh, reward for you. And then I so the the votes were uh, yes, let's get Kristaps was twenty nine point eight. No keep Laureano was twenty three point seven. And I don't want any of them was 46.5. So pretty clear. I could probably throw myself in that last day. Hey, what's up? It's Emily. And I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of D.C. that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your health care on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia. Last crew. All right. <laughs> okay. The other one I said, uh, I was interested to get your opinion on, do you think the Bulls should, uh, you know, I, I, it was kind of an argument, development or winning, right? Like what should the Bulls be doing yeah. at this point? Uh, should they be playing, you know, and I, I would argue that, I think they're kind of straddling the line and doing both. The fact that the starters are all 25 and under, you know, when Laurie's healthy uh, and, and Temple's out of that lineup, and the fact that he started the year with Patrick Williams in the starting lineup, which I, I thought was, and I still think, kind of insane considering, you know, you want to set the guy up for success. You have him come off the bench, but it's still probably, you can argue, a step in developing that young youngster. Uh, but he still kind of goes sometimes at the end of games with that and, and the vets, right? So what do yeah. you feel about this argument? Like, should the Bulls be developing or should they be playing to win? What, what, what's, your, what's your take on it? I mean, I, I think they should probably continue doing what they're doing. And I think even though people w- might say they're trying to win, they're really trying to develop talent. I mean, look at how many minutes uh, Pat Williams and Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White play. And, you know, like... I know to some extent, if you said, like, we should start Sadaransky, there's a little bit of it that's backup quarterback syndrome. But I think Sadaransky's probably generally been a better point guard than Kobe White. I think the starting lineup would probably be better if he was in it instead of Kobe White. And Kobe White played shooting guard, like, the majority of his minutes, uh, or as many of his minutes as possible. Uh, and, you know, same with Pat Williams, to your point. Like, if you started... Garrett Temple at the three full time, and, and didn't have Pat Williams there. And I'm, I'm maybe with you, or I'm not sure he's even a three, and maybe he's a four. You know, so I think uh, I, I think they're definitely trying to give these these young guys a lot of minutes and a lot of chances, and they're and they're letting them play against some of the best players in the league. And I think that's its own growth experience, right? It's more than even just getting minutes; it's getting minutes up against LeBron and uh, you know Kawhi Leonard. You know, and matching up against the talent that you're really going to have to compete against if you're going to be a prime player in this league. So, I, th- I think we are really actually kind of trending the lineups towards development. You know, I think the development versus winning thing is not so much a lineup discussion in the fans' mind. It's much more of a, a trade discussion, and it gets down to kind of what we talked about last show with would you keep that or not keep that. That's really the the you know development quote unquote. And maybe that gets a little bit more into the tanking or like the future sighted thing. I think those things are a little bit related to me. Uh, whether you're whether you're aiming to to win next year, whether you're aiming to win now, is maybe how I'd put it. And you know, trading that as a, a move where you're maybe aiming to win two, three years down the line, and that helps you with that. And keeping that helps you, you know, win now. I, I think the roster is getting suitable development though, uh, and and the Bulls are, are are playing pretty well. So I think those. Those two things are kind of happening together. You know, I always argue that winning helps development. Even if you're on the bench and you're seeing what players are doing to win games, it's going to help you when your your opportunity comes. And one final thing I got to say, because this drove me nuts with the Garpax era where people would always, even my good friend on Waddle and Sylvie, um, Sylvie, would often say, what's the plan? I want to know what the plan is. I, I just drove me nuts when people would demand that and, and have that argument. If if the fans know the plan, every other GM knows the plan. 
We don't need to know the plan. The plan is surmised after you see what they do. They don't have to tell us. Our tourist doesn't have to tell us what his plan is. We'll know soon enough at the trade deadline whether or not he believes in this team as is or whether or not he believes it needs to make moves because he'll he'll do, do it one way or the other, right? So uh, do you agree with me on that? Are you getting, Do you need to know their plan, Doug? Can I, uh, can I go a little bit computer science nerdy on you? Okay, sure. I uh, guess it depends right. if this is positive or negative towards me. We'll see. I think you'll like it. Okay. I think you'll like it. I think I think this is be some one segment of the show you'll enjoy from me. Okay. Might be the only place. Uh, so, in software development, you know, there there for a long time, uh, people use what was called a waterfall approach, and it, it's kind of like towards project management. You, you gather all the requirements. Uh, you put together a scope, people work to, to build through all the requirements, and then you deliver your product all in one big chunk, and surprise, here it is. And what they found is that almost always fails, because you could never capture all the requirements at the beginning, you're not making changes really well. And so there was this revolution you know, towards agile development, and I'm going to use these terms really broadly, because there's more specific than terms based on, on how you go, but... We'll keep it at a high level. And so agile development, like part of the, the thought here is like you, de- you deliver everything iteratively. You don't have a grand plan. You have like an idea of what you want to do. But you just try to make the best decision you can that day. Like, you're, like not everything is driving. And, and what they found is when people do this, instead of trying to capture everything at the beginning, figure out what the best thing to do is and then stick to this like mantra of how you're going to operate this, you just make, keep making the best decision in the short term towards this thing and deliver something you know, as quickly as you can, fail as quickly as you can, and then learn from that failure and then move on to the next thing as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. And, and so being at MBA GM, it's a lot more of that second thing than that first thing. Like, you don't ever win a championship without getting a superstar. How do you get a superstar? What is your plan for getting a superstar? There is no plan. You know why there's no plan? If there was a plan, every GM in the league would do it three times, and then they'd have three superstars, and then they'd win the title. But you can't. It's a rare commodity, and it takes a lot of luck, timing. Like, all you can do is, is try and leverage your situation so that it's flexible enough uh, that, that you can make something happen when the time is right. Yes. And even though Garpax never pulled that off, that's why they talked a lot about flexibility, and it pissed people off, right? They're, you know, pissed. They're like... And when they had cap room, they never got anyone. Well, you know what? But that's how you get someone. You make yourself a player by creating windows where you have cap room and there's guys available. And maybe it doesn't work out that time. You know what? You know who the Nets signed before they signed? KD and Kyrie Irving? I have no idea. I don't know who the Nets' big signing was before that. Who did the Clippers get before they got Kawhi Leonard? You know, so it's like you can't look at like there's the only team that consistently gets guys is the Lakers. And so, yeah, we're not the Lakers, but everyone else, like if you have the right situation, you're going to have a chance. So you try to like bundle up enough talent and assets and cap room all at the same time. So like you're in a desirable situation. And in 2010, the Bulls weren't the heat, but they almost were like they almost were like I guarantee those were like everyone's second choice because the Bulls had a lot of talent. And they had a lot of cap room. And if the Heat weren't able to swing three, yeah, you can bet your ass LeBron and Bosch would have come to Chicago. And that situation in Miami wasn't there. So, you know, like, it's fine. It didn't work. But, like, that's what you do. And that's what AK is going to do, too. Hopefully he does a little better. Hopefully his swings work. But there is no grand plan. There's never going to be a grand plan. The grand plan is going to be what makes the most sense with today's information. And if the information is different tomorrow, it'll be what makes the most sense with tomorrow's information. Any plan that you started like three months ago and said like, oh, I'm going to know what I'm going to do in a year, you'd be kidding yourself. Like you might know like, yeah, I'm going to try and get cap room this year or I'm not or whatever. But then like you might say, oh, wow, look at all the guys who signed. I was going to have cap room. But now, wow, Zach Levine turned into a superstar. Instead of thinking I'm going to sign – the best free agent, you now think, wow, I'm going to actually try to lock up Zach Levine so he never hits the market. Like, that might be the, the step you make, but you weren't thinking that, you know, in the summer. And so I think well that's all fine. That. You know, you don't, have to, you don't have to have this grand plan. There is no way to plan for some of these things except to just try to 
Put yourself in a position to be lucky. Yeah, well said, Doug. The Lakers plan. What was the Lakers plan when they signed Luol Dang for four years in 2016 to one of the worst contracts in the history of the NBA, you know? Uh, they, they did nothing but screw up for eight years, and because they reside in the the capital of the entertainment world, they got LeBron. That's what that, they didn't do anything to deserve that. It's L.A. That's why they got him. Um, yeah, yeah. the Lakers are ridiculous. in their own league. There's like yeah. there's the lake. There's like probably tiers of teams, and the Lakers are like in their own tier. Yeah, and I think the Bulls are probably in the next tier. You know, like I think they are. Like with like say, you know if all talent and everything else is equal. People will go to big cities and warm weather. Yes. You know, like yeah. party cities Miami, and big cities. Golden like State. Miami, Miami will be big. Chicago, New York. I think like probably the Texas states uh, are, are, I mean, like Dallas and Houston at least are probably attractive. Like I think those are the Clippers. I think like those are like the next tier teams, like in a neutral situation that players would want to play for. You couldn't have said any better, Doug. Well said. I agree 100%. So anyone who wants to know the plan, just shut up, and we'll find out what the plan is based on the actions over the next couple months. So we'll know soon enough, and we don't need to know it. Um, DT, always Prediction. Prediction for you. Will the Bulls make a trade at the trade deadline? You know, I I think they will. I I hate to say this. I don't think that uh, – number one, I'm worried that they're going to trade Zach. Because I think if, if you make that decision, you're going to trade Zach Levine. Uh, you have to do it, I think, right now. Like I don't think his yeah, value is going to be ever be absolutely. higher. And I think you, you could. You prob- have to trade him yeah. now if you're going to trade him. You should. You should, as I said at the beginning of the season, you should be prepared to trade Zach Levine either in the preseason, the trade deadline, or be prepared to pay him the full thirty percent max in a year. Those are the only two positions that make sense. You cannot be half in on that. And uh, I, at the beginning of the year, I was in the trade Zach camp. I'm now in the pay Zach camp. But I would understand someone who said, "Yep, this isn't. We're not. We need to trade him. Like, but you better get a king's ransom." Yeah, if you the, do it. agreed. I agree, a hundred percent with you. Like, I, I was in the same. I was in the. I don't know yet. Camp. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like, I could understand both ways. Now I'm more, you know, we need to pay Zach. We need to get another superstar with him. Um, but I'd, I'd also, a part of me also would understand if a team's going to be offering you like a young player, I, I talked about it before in the previous show, like the Knicks, let's say, and three number ones. I think, and then and let's say a couple of swaps four or five years out, you know, like kind of a deal like uh, New Orleans got, right, from Milwaukee. Yeah, but a little I bit think better that is than the that. type of deal you'd yeah. have to take. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you trade Zach, you better get that. Right, that's exactly if right. I'm not if saying you don't do get it. That you should, you can't trade Zach. Yeah, it's got to be three Zach number ones, like two a... swaps, and R.J. Barrett from the Knicks. That's what it's got to be if you're going to make that deal. And I'm not saying I'd do it. I'm just please, everyone who's listening, I'd still probably yeah. rather have Zach. And I think you're in the same boat as I am. But but if it's going to happen, it better be something like that. It better not be two number ones. To a team yeah. that's going to be potentially picking, you, know, you could be picking fifteen or sixteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It better not be two number ones that are in the twenties. Right. <laughs> like yeah. you, you better yeah. like to the Celtics. If you trade if you yeah. trade Zach, you gotta you gotta get like a horde of draft picks that are going to hit like years later, and that they become like you know like just magical unknown quantities, right? Like so, if you make that trade with whoever, maybe those picks are all in the twenties because that team stays good for the next five, six, seven years. Or maybe you end up with like three lottery picks out of it. Like you have to make the trade where there's an upside that this is like a franchise changing upside if it works out. Even if the odds of it working out are only like 25%, right? But you need the upside to be there. Like yeah. the upside has to be legitimate if you make that trade. Like it, there can be risk and there will be risk. Like you, there's a good chance you're just going to lose that trade straight out and those picks won't ever make up for the value you lose. But you at least have to have the opportunity where there's a legitimate chance you could win the trade in a landslide if, if the other team falls apart or whatever else. Like If you don't have that, you just can't make that deal. So uh, I actually think the Bulls will not make a meaningful trade. Like I, I'm going to say like if they trade like Felicio to save someone money or like one of these cash trades, there's like something with second rounders in it. Like I'm not going to count. I do not think the Bulls will make a meaningful trade. What about Sato? Uh, I think, Sato I think for Sato, a second I think round. Sato will stay. 
Sato for a second rounder. Wow. You know, like, and, and I agree with everything you said there. I think uh, we're, we're both simpatico on this. Um, the only reason I know people are like, Fred, why are you bring this up? I've talked to three beat writers, um, and two, I've talked to two of them and, and heard Casey Johnson say the same thing, that Billy Donovan in postgame is critical of Zach Levine, critical of Wendell Carter Jr., and not critical of Larry Markkinen. I don't know the reason for that. I, I suspect that he and our tourists have talked, and I, I think there's a reason for that. I don't think it's just it's just because he's he's hard on Zach. I, I think it's entirely possible that Zach's not the type of player our tourist wants. If you look at the guys that he likes that pass the ball or more kind of pass first, move the ball, Zach's not really that kind of guy. He's I doing, think Zach doing, actually moves the ball quite a bit. He's doing I, he's I a lot better this year, but Doug, no doubt about it. I agree with you, but you can't say that about him previously. He was very no, but I think ball. this year, yeah. I mean, Lowry is sure as shit ain't a guy who moves the ball. No, sorry, sorry to take us out of like PG land there. I just, I just couldn't help myself. I mean, this is yeah. <laughs> next time that guy passes to someone will be the first. I mean, like, right, right. Uh, uh, well. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, here, here's another take on that. Uh, Billy Donovan is critical of guys that he thinks are important because he wants them to improve and cares. And Billy Donovan doesn't need to comment about guys he doesn't see as part of the long-term future of the franchise or as important players. Well, I hope it's the latter. Maybe you're right. <laughs> we shall see. And finally, we shall as, we, see. as we pull this in, I want to give you one last question uh, from my polls. Who is the most irritating? Is it Flo from Progressive, Jan from Toyota, Mark from Malman Law, or our friend from Australia, Mark K. Hoops? I mean, you know, you're really an Ankin Law guy, aren't you? Like Ankin Law Squad. You're like just trash Malman? shit. Are you talking about Malman Law? No, no, Ankin Law. The other, there's like the other lawyer commercials. There's the Ankin Law ones. I'd always had like Larry Markkinen. Oh, those were the worst acting commercials. So, so, I mean, like you, you've been like ripping on Malman Law. I mean, like I just wondering, you're just part of the Ankin Law gang. Like you're just uh, representing Ankin Law, you know. And, well, in yeah, fairness to the lawyers, Flow from Progressive is by far the most irritating on all of these. I don't even find Mark K. Hoops irritating anymore. He's a good, good friend of both of ours, and uh, I just wanted to just do that as a jab. And unfortunately, just he's, almost, he's almost winning the poll. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Well, I mean, I think that's I think that's like a uh, that, that's like a, a little bit. It's it's more fun to vote for Mark than it is to. to I hope to you're vote. right. So, I gotta. I'm gonna also. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna also go with flow from progressive because I, I. I don't know how those commercials have lasted so long. They're just it's like insane. just awful. They're just like completely awful. It's like they're like the anti Geico. Like any Geico commercial is just like freaking gold. Like whoever their marketing people are, they're just like flat <laughs> out geniuses. Strong. They've gone through like 50 billion campaigns that are all different. Yeah. And like it's weird. Like the Gecko one is like even though it's their primary one is maybe like the worst. Yeah. But like like their campaigns are like amazing. And just just for now chatting on this really terrible topic, God, the listeners are turning off by the second. How great was it to see the Dikembe Matumbo Geico commercial back today in the Bulls game? You're right. I mean, it's like amazing. It's like blocking everything. I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that. It's like one of my all time favorite commercials. It's like awesome. Like uh, I thought that was that was just great. I was, uh, and can I keep you for a couple more minutes? Because I I, I, I remember one thing from tonight's broadcast I want to bring up. Go right ahead, my friend. Stacy King, and Adam Amin talking about Zach Levine being an MVP candidate. Was this like and like look. I don't know your feelings. I, I love Adam Amin. I, I find King entertaining in, in, in the right amount of doses. But I thought this was like maybe like the worst MVP conversation I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, like, well, I mean, like, like Zach's a candidate because of the team success. Like, I don't know if they're, these guys are like on the big red bus next to us or something here. They're like smoking whatever you're smoking. But like six, like 16 and 18 is not the team success that breeds <laughs> Doug, MVPs. Doug, even like, I wouldn't make that case. Let's be honest. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. Like, like Zach's an all-star, but MVP? Come on now. No, I mean, there's no doubt it's Jokic to me. To me, even LeBron's ahead of him, right? I think we both agree that. We're, yeah, and neither it, of and us are LeBron guys. And then they went into like this thing about like oh how LeBron deserves it every year and you know like but people don't want to give it to him and I'd be like no LeBron doesn't deserve it like that might have been true ten years ago 
he sure as shit doesn't deserve it. He's not even close to deserving it every yeah. year. Because well, a, he, he doesn't play to win the MVP. Like, I think he could. Like, he's the best player in the league, I feel. Like, if they, like do you still think LeBron's the best in the league? I think uh, LeBron's the best in the league. Do you agree or not? Uh, I, I think it's pretty close with a couple of those guys now. Like, I'd still probably okay. take him because he's going to get the calls. But I don't think okay, so, yeah, so he's in the top five, right? Like no he, doubt. He's, he's like right there. He's right there. Like maybe. So like he, he's MVP caliber, but he never puts up MVP stats like in the last five, six years. Right. Like right. last year when he's like, oh, give me my respect. And he was like all upset after he won the title that they didn't get MVP. I'm like, dude, Giannis's team had a better record than yours and Giannis's stats were way better. What the hell are you arguing about? Yeah. Like, you're just better, but you played worse, and your team had a worse record, but they should give it to you anyway, because, like, really, we know you're better. Like, yeah, we kind of do, but if you want, if, like, if you care about the award, then win it. Like, go out there and, and score 40 a game and, and do all the things to win an MVP if that's what you want to do. But, like, if you're not going to do it, then don't go and complain that you didn't get it. Yeah. Like, I agree. if you didn't lead your team to the best record, you didn't have the best stats, then you don't win. Like, that's just how it is. You, you need one of those two things. Like you, you can, you will never win if you fail in both those categories. And LeBron has not won those those two categories, and I don't know how long. So just no, well, like you're let's not. Just like say it's, this, though. and then I think yeah. LeBron's the best, but it's like that's just not. It's a regular season award. It's not who is the best, going to be the best player at some other point in time at the games on the line, the final. Like that's not what the award is. And if it was, you also have a losing record in the finals. So let's also like you know slow that down a notch too. But back Beat to the Miami original team point. that sucked. Back to the original like, point. Dame Lillard, uh, LeBron James, Jokic, and Embiid—they're all so far ahead of Zach. It's like you can't even see it. Like we're—I'm on the yeah. bus, and the MVP bus is ahead of us, and it's so far ahead <laughs> of us. I can't. Bus. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like we're a, tracking it, like it a, with we're tracking it with GPS. It looks like a dot. It's not a vice. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I'm the biggest Zach fan there is, but there's no way he's the MVP. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, like you'd even give it to Beal before Zach, right? Yeah, King gets into some I mean, of these just discussions. Like, yeah, I, like, I, I, I don't know. Him, Sorry, I just had to throw it out there. Like, and I, I like, I know you're trying to rep the guys, but come on, let's let's not go let's not go full ham here. I mean, like it's. Zach's Zach's great. I love Zach. Hope he's an MVP candidate next year, but it's not it's not there. Yeah, amen. As we right, bring sorry. the bus in, now it's empty. <laughs> as we bring now the, it's empty. The tank is actually <laughs> empty. The fans have gone. And now we're in. It's been great talking to DT as always at the halfway point. I think we both, as we look at each other, we shake hands like that scene from Predator where I'm Schwarzenegger and um, and uh, you're Apollo Creed, and we, we we shake hands just like that, and then we go our separate ways. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see Predator this weekend if you don't. All right, all right, my I've, man. I've seen Predator. I just don't remember. I think I'm Jesse Ventura, just getting like shot up by the. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie! Anybody who's not seen Predator, cancel all your weekend plans and go watch it this weekend. It's phenomenal. <laughs> all right, my man. Always good talking to DT. And uh, uh, until next friend. time, enjoy uh, the Big Red Bus and. Uh, yeah, go both. All go right, both. Take it easy, my man. Yeah. Bye.